when I'm troubled about what's going on in the world or my own life, over and over again, I have found that expressing gratitude helps me get refocused on God and brings some peace of mind. Gratitude helps clear the air so my heart can breathe more freely. This is the Bible Speaks to You podcast, episode 215. Today's topic is Let Your Heart Overflow with Gratitude. You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm so grateful that you've tuned in to listen today. Thanksgiving is this week in the United States, and I've been thinking of everything I'm grateful for. There are so many challenges we're facing today, both individually and collectively. Tensions are escalating in various hotspots around the world, and it seems like we're going the opposite direction of peace and brotherly love. But it's during times like this, and especially at the Thanksgiving season, that I like to remember to be grateful for all the good that I have experienced or witnessed, but also to be grateful for all the good going on in the world. And there is plenty. There are so many unsung heroes loving and helping their neighbors in large and small ways. When I'm troubled about what's going on in the world or my own life, over and over again, I have found that expressing gratitude helps me get refocused on God and brings some peace of mind. Gratitude helps clear the air so my heart can breathe more freely. A couple of weeks ago, I published a podcast episode about gratitude, episode 213, How to Be Grateful in Every Situation, and I'll have that link in the show notes. I shared a few examples of various places in the Bible which emphasize the importance of gratitude. This week, I'm going to dig a little deeper on this whole idea of gratitude. Now, if you're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, you're probably already a pretty grateful type of person. But I really believe that wherever we are on the scale of expressing gratitude, we all need to broaden and deepen our gratitude practice. But not just for the good things that have come into our lives, although, of course, that's very important. However grateful you are, and however much gratitude you actively express, the world is crying out for help. And gratitude opens the curtains on the window so we can see, express, and experience more of God's love actively in the world. There are so many times and ways gratitude is expressed in the Bible, and there's no way I can cover all of them in this episode. But in reading and praying about them, 
And yes, I looked up all the Bible verses I could find when someone expressed gratitude, gave thanks, or encouraged others, including us, to do so. I realized how often gratitude was pivotal in resolving a crisis, both on an individual level as well as collectively. Now, as you listen to these various ways of giving thanks that are in the Bible, I want you to think about how they can apply in your own life, as well as to the whole world. The first example I could find in the Bible of someone giving thanks refers to what is called a thank offering or the sacrifice of thanksgiving. This relates to when the children of Israel were in the wilderness after they left Egypt. This is Leviticus 7 verse 12. If they offer it as an expression of thankfulness, Then, along with this thank offering, they are to offer thick loaves made without yeast and with olive oil mixed in, thin loaves made without yeast and brushed with oil, and thick loaves of the finest flour, well kneaded and with oil mixed in. Now, if you want to read more in Leviticus chapter 7, it goes into a lot more detail about this thank offering or this sacrifice of thanksgiving, and it starts in verse 12. This was an early way for the children of Israel to start expressing their thanks to God. Now, this was an expression of gratitude made by individuals, but there are also times when collective thanks is given. When King David brought the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem after it had been in Obed-Edom's house for several months, David appointed people to collectively thank God. This is 1 Chronicles 16, 1, 2, 4, 7, and 8, 34, and 35. They brought the ark of God and placed it inside the special tent David had prepared for it, and they presented burnt offerings and peace offerings to God. When he had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord. David appointed the following Levites to lead people in worship before the ark of the Lord to invoke his blessings, to give thanks, and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. On that day, David gave to Asaph and his fellow Levites this song of thanksgiving to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. And it goes on for quite a number of verses. It concludes in verses 34 and 35. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Cry out, save us, God our Savior. Gather us and deliver us from the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Something very similar happened when King Solomon built the temple and brought the Ark of the Covenant into it. This is Second Chronicles 5, 13 and 14. The trumpeters and musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, the singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good, His love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. Now, 
you can't exactly bring the Ark of the Covenant into your church, literally, but what if we did this spiritually? What if your church revered the Ten Commandments and what they represent of God's love for us and expressed such public gratitude that your church was filled with the presence of God that you just couldn't do business as usual? That's what happened when they brought the Ark of the Covenant into the temple that Solomon had built. Another type of collective gratitude that happened on more than one occasion was expressed when Israel was being besieged by warring nations. And here's one example. When the Moabites and Ammonites came to wage war with King Jehoshaphat. This is Second Chronicles 20, 14, 15, 21, and 22. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Madaniah, a Levite and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. He said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. As they began to sing in praise, the Lord set ambushes amongst the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. That could be pretty relevant in today's world, couldn't it? What would happen if a country that was being attacked, instead of fighting back, had all their soldiers and citizens just start singing praises and songs of gratitude to God? Later on in their history, when the Israelites rebuilt the foundation of the temple in Jerusalem that Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed, they gave thanks collectively. This is Ezra 3.11. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, He is good, His love toward Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. And then when Nehemiah was dedicating the newly rebuilt wall around Jerusalem, there was also a powerful collective giving of thanks. This is Nehemiah 12, 27, and 31. At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. And then Nehemiah says, verse 31, I had the leaders of Judah go up on top of the wall. I also assigned two large choirs to give thanks. When your church has had a major victory or rebuilt or reconstituted itself and rededicated itself, do you collectively praise and thank God the way Nehemiah had the people do, the way they did with Ezra? It's something to think about. It kind of sounds like what Isaiah is talking about in chapter 51, verse 3. The Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the sound of singing. 
If you ever feel like your life, your business, your church, your country, or the whole world is in ruins and nothing more than a wasteland, remember this promise that God will restore wholeness and your heart, not just you individually, but collectively, your hearts will be filled with thanksgiving and joyful singing. In fact, singing and music are often ways gratitude is expressed in the Bible. We've seen a few, here a few more. This is Psalm 7, 17. I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. I will sing the praises of the name of the Lord Most High. And Psalm 147, 7. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. And Jeremiah 30, 19. From them will come songs of thanksgiving and the sound of rejoicing. I will add to their numbers and they will not be decreased. I will bring them honor, and they will not be disdained. And then in Jeremiah 33, 10 and 11, this is what the Lord says, You say about this place, It is a desolate waste without people or animals. Yet in the towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem that are deserted, inhabited by neither people nor animals, There will be heard once more the sounds of joy and gladness, the voices of the bride and bridegroom, and the voices of those who bring thank offerings to the house of the Lord, saying, Give thanks to the Lord Almighty, for the Lord is good, His love endures forever. For I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were before, says the Lord. Jeremiah affirms God's promise of restoration just as Isaiah did. Do you see a pattern here? All these examples of gratitude are not just pleasant little prayers repeating a few good things God has done. These folks are praising and thanking God with their whole being, individually and collectively and publicly. This is powerful. So how can we follow these examples? We say we're grateful to God for all he has done, but how do we express this gratitude? Well, we get hints in the Psalms of what we can do besides just say, thank you to God. This is Psalm 9-1. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. And Psalm 35-18. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. Among the throngs, I will praise you. Gratitude is more than just remembering to thank God when something good happens. It's really more of a mindset. It's a lifestyle which doesn't change depending on circumstances. Daniel is a great example of someone who was grateful no matter what came his way. When God revealed to him Nebuchadnezzar's dream and its meaning, which none of the Chaldean wise men could do, Daniel thanked God. Daniel was in a tight spot because Nebuchadnezzar was going to kill all the wise men, including Daniel, if the dream wasn't revealed and interpreted. Of course, God did reveal what the dream was and what it meant. This is Daniel 2, 23. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Years later, when Daniel found out that a decree had been signed by King Darius that would throw into the den of lions 
anyone who prayed to or petitioned a person or God besides the king, Daniel kept praying to the Lord as he had always done. Nothing could stop him from praising and thanking God. This is Daniel 6, 10. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. This is such a great example for us to give thanks to God under whatever circumstances we find ourselves. Now, in episode 213, two weeks ago, I mentioned Jonah thanking God while he was in the belly of the great fish. That's Jonah 2.9. Jonah certainly fits into that category of thanking God right in the middle of challenging situations. And talk about giving thanks under challenging situations. Think of Jesus at the Last Supper when he knew that in just a few hours he would be arrested, then put on trial and crucified. This is Matthew 26, 26 and 27. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. Can you give the same sincere thanks to God like Daniel? Jonah and Jesus did when you're in the middle of a challenge? There are so many other times Jesus expressed gratitude. Think of the times he fed the 5,000 and 4,000 people. Each time he took the few loaves of bread and small amount of fish and gave thanks. Now, I mentioned this also in episode 213, so I'm not going to go into detail, but it's a lesson for us to be grateful for what we have, even if it doesn't seem like enough to meet our needs. A couple of years ago, I did a whole episode called, What Was Jesus Thankful For? So I'm not going to talk about the other times Jesus expressed gratitude, but I'll have that link in the show notes. It was episode 111. Unfortunately, sometimes we're grateful for things that are not really appropriate. Jesus teaches us this lesson in his parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector who went into the temple to pray. But the Pharisee's gratitude was warped by his self-righteousness. If there's a lesson we need to learn from that story, well, let us be humble and learn it. This is Luke 18:11. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, "God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector." Now, I'll let you think about that one. Take a moment and see if there's a lesson of any kind here for you. One more quick example of gratitude being expressed in regards to Jesus. Mary and Joseph took Jesus, still a newborn, to Jerusalem to present him to God in the temple. This is Luke 2, 36-38. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, that was Joseph and Mary, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child, that was Jesus, 
to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Anna was grateful she had seen the Messiah. Do you and I thank God with such devotion as Anna did that we have recognized Jesus as the Messiah? There are so many more examples of gratitude in the Bible. Remember when Saul was on the ship headed to Rome and there had been that terrible storm? No one had eaten for days. They were all scared they would die. But Paul gave thanks, his calm assurance that all would be well, encouraged and strengthened everyone there. This is Acts 27, 34 through 36. Paul is talking to the other people on the ship. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Paul was a man full of gratitude and expressed it every chance he got and encouraged others to do the same. In 1 Timothy 1.12, he said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. And in Romans 6.17, he says, But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. Are you grateful to the core of your being for what God has created you for and called you to do? Do you thank God for everyone who follows Jesus? We need to deeply ponder and increase our gratitude for all Christ has done for us. Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And what should be the measure and result of all this gratitude? Paul explains what the natural consequences of heartfelt gratitude are. This is 2 Corinthians 4.15. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. And in 2 Corinthians 9.11 and 15, he says, You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Would you describe your gratitude as overflowing to the glory of God? Anytime Paul wrote a letter to the churches or an individual, he always said how grateful he was for them. Here are just a couple of examples. In Ephesians 1.16, he says, I have never stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And in 1 Thessalonians 3.9, he says, How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Do you always let the people you're communicating with know how grateful you are for them? Paul was a visionary who saw far beyond his own geography and time period. He saw the bigger need in the world then and now when he wrote to Timothy, this is 1 Timothy 2, 1, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. 
that's pretty all-inclusive, isn't it? Paul sums up how important gratitude is in his letter to the Colossians. This is Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And in Colossians 4.2, he adds, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Again, this is a mindset. This is a way of life. And as important as it is to thank God for specific people and circumstances, sometimes we just need to thank God for being God. This kind of gratitude transcends time and place and opens our eyes to see God's glory in earth and heaven. This is Revelation 11, 16, and 17. And the 24 elders who were seated on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. So there you have just a slice of the way people express gratitude in the Bible. This has been almost a litany of Bible verses about gratitude. But I've shared it this way to encourage you in finding more ways to be grateful in your own life. In thinking of all these examples, I'm more and more grateful for all the ways God has revealed himself to people in the Bible and throughout history. And I'm grateful how God has revealed himself to you and how God will continue to reveal himself to you. How will you be grateful today and every day? I want to thank you so much for listening, and I just want to let you know I am so grateful for each of you, my listeners, whether you've been listening since episode one or this is the first time you've tuned in. Thank you so much for being here. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll share it with a friend. And if you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you. Go to my website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the Contact tab in the menu bar, and I'll be in touch. I can't wait to hear from you. If you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast on my website, while you're there, click on the Subscribe tab in the menu bar, fill out the form, and you're all set. And I will send you a prayer guide I put together called Praying with the Mindset of Jesus. If you'd like to read the full transcript of today's episode and study all the Bible verses, and it was mostly Bible verses this time, I realize that, you can find those on the show notes page for today's episode at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 215. This is episode 215. And if you're listening on a podcast app, I'll have that link in the description. As always, I'm so grateful for your support in all the ways that you have encouraged me and shared the podcast with your friends. The Bible Speaks to You podcast continues to grow. It's reaching people all over the world, and you are a large part of that. I am so grateful. Thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving season, and don't let it stop at the end of November. Let it keep going through December on into next year. There's always something to be grateful for. That's it for this week. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week, take care, and we'll see you next time. God bless.